Hey, Bruin fans. Welcome to Bear With Us, a George Fox Athletics podcast about all things related to Bruin Athletics. I'm your host, Sports Information Director for George Fox, Seth Preuss. Today we talk to our guest, Coach Michael Coppolino of Bruin Basketball, about his first season as head of the women's program, his journey from Newburgh to Newburgh, his experience with the team in their first year, and a run all the way to the Sweet 16 round of the NCAA tournament before the season was cut short due to the COVID-19 concerns that surround us in this current time of recording. We chat with him about the legacy that he feels the five seniors have left behind and some of the joys that he got to experience working with the team in his first season. And so without further ado, here's our conversation with Coach Mike Coppolino. Joining us today is Bruins women's basketball coach Michael Coppolino. Coach Coppolino, in your first season at George Fox, uh, great overall record of 23-6 and six and a deep run into the NCAA tournament. A strange ending to the season as everything in the country and really around the world is put on pause by this uh, COVID-19 outbreak. But um, coach, along the way, some really bright moments. I thought today perhaps we could just talk through kind of the trajectory of this first year for you coming over from Mount St. Mary's in New York, from Newburgh to Newburgh, and uh, what you thought of your first year of experiences. I know that when you were looking at potentially taking the position, you and the girls had kind of a friendly back and forth about different styles of play and what your vision might be for the team. And uh, ultimately, it seems like that vision really, really worked well with that 23-6 and overall record and a lot of statement wins over some very good teams this year, Coach. So uh, with that, I'll throw it to you. What what did you think of uh, the program coming in and the buy-in that you got from the team when you arrived? Yeah. Well, first, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. So, yeah, going all the way back to when I uh, went through the interview process, um, certainly to when I started, uh, the buy-in at first certainly was somewhat hesitant based upon uh, the young ladies. <laughs> for the most part, most of them very accustomed to playing uh, 94 feet pressing for the entire game for the last several years. Uh, especially the, the seniors who are very accustomed to playing that way. So uh, to be honest with you, at first, I, I, we were definitely leaning towards playing somewhat like that. And then once, once we got, uh, once my assistant and I uh, talked about it, and once we saw the team on the floor, uh, it was just different than previous years, certainly having three seniors graduate and then having several people transfer. Uh, we just felt as though uh, to put our team in the best position to win, maybe pressing and trapping for 40 minutes didn't put us in the best scenario position for them to be successful and us to be successful. So that's something that we definitely started uh, started out towards, and then we kind of uh, veered away from based upon a variety of factors. But uh, ultimately, from that point, uh, we slowly got the buy-in. Certainly, it took a little while. It didn't happen overnight. It took, took uh, in my opinion, a couple of months until right around the Christmas Christmas time area. And then from there, I thought we uh, started playing pretty good basketball uh, during the month of February, and then. Uh, 
it led us in a pretty good uh, direction. Yeah, coach, I would I would definitely agree with you. Looking at that uh, early season run, like you mentioned, um, you start in that Texas tournament hosted by Trinity, Texas, and you split there, but you come away with an overtime win over East Texas Baptist and then a string of wins over some Southern California schools and then kind of cap that run at the D3 Hoops Classic in Vegas, including a really impressive win over, uh, at the time, number two, Scranton. And then, Coach, I know that when you did a podcast with uh, D3 Hoops during the selection segment, they talked with you a little bit about that early segment in January. They kind of went through the route of looking at what happened, but um, I would I would like to ask you, what, what growth did you see from that period in the season that really proved vital to give us that, that push over the top at the end? Yeah, I mean, I know I said in that interview before, I think some of it was complacency. Uh, certainly we had one loss in November and December and our, our one loss was to Trinity, the first game, certainly when they were pressing us and, uh, they're a very good team. They were ranked around 15th in the country all year long, uh, give or take. So minus that first loss, we essentially won, uh, I believe it was eight straight, uh, going through Christmas and then, uh, into Vegas. So. Uh, I mean, I, I truly think it was a little bit of complacency in me not really having the team prepared and ready uh, for conference play. And uh, we, at our conference, every team has it out for us night in and night out. And we really weren't ready to play at the beginning of January. And we were, like I said, you're coming off that win against Scranton, uh, which was a very good win against, the, at the time, the number two ranked team in the country. So uh, we, were, we were just a little complacent. And uh, we, we lost the Willamette at home. And then we beat Linfield the next day. And then that Tuesday, a few days later, we lost the Pacific by, uh, by 14 points. So that was kind of a reality check for us. And from there, we... We decided to tweak a few things and uh, we decided to kind of veer away from a few things defensively and really hone in on one or two things defensively in terms of just playing man and not playing nearly as much zone as we did in the beginning of the year. And uh, things slowly started to come together uh, from that point. And then, Coach, as we get to the tail end of the regular season, uh, you're coming in on a high note with wins over Lewis and Clark at home for the senior night on our court and then over Puget Sound on the road, rolling straight into the uh, semifinals of the Northwest Conference Tournament for three quarters against Pacific. You guys have them locked up, and you said after that particular game in an interview that they're a young team that's going to be very talented for years to come, but what did it take for you guys to hold off that last push in the fourth quarter and, and continue to advance there? Yeah, that that game was one of the more interesting games I've been a part of because they scored 12 points in the first half, uh, in the first two quarters then the third quarter, they scored 12 and then in the fourth quarter, they scored 23. So each quarter, uh, or each segment of the game, they almost improved and started to, to feel a lot better about themselves. Certainly we, we locked in in the first half and certainly we scored 23 points at half, which w- was a decent, I, I thought we could have uh, certainly scored more in around 30, 35, but holding, holding any team in the country to 12 points and a half, uh, certainly put us in a really good position and I'm just happy the game was four quarters and then when it did because they had a few players that were uh, starting to play really well if somehow that game was 45 minutes I don't think uh, things would have maybe gone as well we're lucky the game was just 40 minutes long and that last, that fourth quarter when they scored 23 points I mean they were they were banking in shots and they were hitting shots left and right so they were just started to feel really good about things and we were uh, lucky uh, in some sense to hold on and 
and uh, get out of there with with the win, uh, certainly, as they d- decided to start uh, really putting their foot down and start playing really well in the second half. So, Well, they say sometimes it's better to be uh, lucky than good, but I'd say that we were blessed this year with a team that was both. And I think if you look forward at the next NWC game, the championship, you prove that uh, it wasn't just luck, it was a lot of talent beating Whitman at Whitman. It comes down to really just an overall brilliant performance from Haley Strobridge to wheel the team forward. Coach, if I could get you to kind of highlight what you thought the key was, especially in that last five minutes as you're just trading buckets with the Blues. Yeah, that was certainly the definition of uh, grit and resiliency. And, and Strobe, uh certainly has stepped up in key situations all year. And the nice part about our team is we have different people step up at different times because uh, any of our five starters could literally go for 10, 20 points on any given night. So in that moment, I mean, she just really, <laughs> she had some really key buckets down the stretch. Uh, Makana Stone was not at 100%. I think she was either a little injured or something was a little off, but we went at her, and certainly she's an All-American. So Stroby really uh, picked up all aspects of her game, and we we went on a run at a really good time, and we kept on clawing and fighting, and certainly that last inbounds play when Stroby made a great catch off the pass from Hartney and then finished that that layup with the, with the second left in the game was certainly kind of the, the icing on the cake, but she, uh, she'll be, yeah, she, she stepped up uh, many times this year. And that was one time where we really needed her because, uh, certainly some other people were, were, were playing well that game, but we needed someone really, uh, to, to step up in, in a big moment. And she did that. I remember watching that play and really wishing that stretch internet supported, uh, instant replay. That was that was a lot of fun to watch that catch. Yeah, yeah, no, that was uh, that was fantastic. The the pass and the catch were, uh, were were each literally perfect, so it turned out well. Yeah, and then coach that punches a ticket uh, to the NCAA tournament uh, with the automatic bid, and then you travel to uh, your assistant coaches hometown face Montclair state and uh, really just blow the doors off of them coach. What, what was obviously everything was working, but what in particular do you think was the the biggest strength of your team in that game that allowed you to win by such a wide margin? Uh, I mean, we're, we're a very good shooting team when we shoot it well. And I mean, just looking at uh, the, the box score, I mean, we were 12 to 21 from three. So, I mean, anytime you shoot 57%, from uh, long distance, certainly you more often than not win uh, uh, nine times out of ten. And uh, I mean, we had a few games this year where we shot it very well, uh, but that was, uh, I think, our best shooting performance of the year. Uh, and, and I know a few games we were a little bit better than that, but in terms of knocking down big shots and, and, and big moments. And it, we had everyone contribute. I mean, we had, uh, I believe six different people hit threes in the game. So we, we distributed the ball well, and certainly having, uh, Kylan was three of three from three and Hartney was four of six. So anytime those two can go seven and nine from three or shoot better than 50%, we, we have a really good chance to win. And that, that was kind of the X factor I thought because, Montclair, I mean, we did a good job defensively against them, which certainly helped. I mean, they shot 31% from the field. Uh, but at the end of the day, anytime you, you hit 12 threes in a game on 21 attempts, you, you got a really good chance to win. 
Yeah, it seemed like watching that you guys did a really good job of running your offense and just continuing to execute to get those wide open looks. I think the the only time that um, maybe an individual performance was any better was Hartney against East Texas, uh, seven for twelve. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I agree. Yeah, when 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 Hartney uh, shooting it well, she uh, she she can't miss at times. So that's certainly uh, <laughs> a nice weapon to have. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll definitely get to that because I, I wanted to talk with you about some of your senior performances after the end of this. But in the Marymount game, another grit game, especially in that fourth quarter, as you guys come from behind to not only win, but uh, win going away with a 20-2 to fourth quarter. Coach, playing from behind, playing for the tournament life, the right to continue to advance, what do you say to the team in between quarters three and four that gets them so fired up to put on a run like that with an 18-point differential? Yeah, I mean... Uh... We were going into halftime. I want to say uh, we were about two and nineteen, I think, from three. So we kept on talking about the law of averages, knowing that. I mean, the day before we shot fifty-seven percent. Not that we're gonna do that every day, but no, knowing that we're a team that more often than not will be in like that forty percent range, give or take. So shooting such a poor percentage in the first half, we kept on talking about shots are going to fall. And certainly, you know, if we keep pushing forward, we, we can't just, I mean, we had seven points in the first quarter and then 15 in the second. So I thought the momentum started to switch a little bit uh, at halftime. Uh, honestly, I thought we were lucky to be within striking distance based on how we played in the first half. I thought we played nowhere close to our best basketball on each side of the floor. So in the second half, uh, I thought they started to tire a little bit in the third quarter. And when that happened, we just really tried to, to push the tempo and the pace, even though we were starting to get tired ourselves. But I thought they were pressing themselves pressing themselves into a point where they were just getting exhausted and we just kept running. And our defense stepped up and they missed a bunch of shots. And uh, that ended up being the 20-2 fourth quarter run, which certainly catapulted us uh, to the win and then coach um you make the trip back to newburgh you have some time to kind of rest reset practice and it starts filtering out that amherst is not going to let fans in the gym again and then really as our nation kind of becomes more aware of how critical this threat is everything becomes more clear and the ncaa starts to talk about whether or not the championships will continue without fans at the d1 level and then finally everything stops and the championships are canceled and everyone has to come home. And I'm certain that that was a tough moment. Um, but if there's anything that you want to highlight from maybe any positive moments at all that the team had together while you guys made that trip to Boston, whether you, it was the chance to practice at, uh, I believe it was Boston College, correct? Or any of the other uh, experiences that you guys were able to have as a team despite not getting to play that game. What, what were you able to take away from those moments as the season came to that kind of weird end yeah i mean it's certainly very unique hopefully won't ever happen to again to us or any other team but i mean we spent a lot of time together during uh the month of march based upon us traveling i mean even the end of end of the season when we traveled to pacific and then whitman and we were essentially on the road for like three straight weeks so we spent a lot of time either in the bus or in an airplane or or in vans traveling so we got a lot of time uh together as a team which which was fantastic and there were there were a lot of different moments i mean certainly we had so many different meals together uh because we were together for so much time on the road uh and just a 
lot of good laughs and a lot of good team bonding time and uh, practicing at Boston College was fun, even though it's not nearly as fun after coming off a, a six-hour flight when everyone's tired. So there, there, there were there were a lot of positive aspects to it, but uh, in some sense, it was it was pretty exhausting, considering we were we were traveling either by bus or by plane for four, five, six hours. It seemed like every. A uh, couple days, <laughs> or every few days, for the month of end of February, and into March. So it certainly was was bittersweet. But there were there were a lot of good memories just off the floor with the team, and, and certainly certainly on the floor winning winning those two games in the first and second round were were great memories, especially for the seniors. And something I wish uh, certainly we could have played a few more games and see uh, how far we could have gone. Yeah, it sounds like from conversations that you were having with some people and and that I had with others uh, that we stacked up well in that particular bracket. So. It is unfortunate, but it, it, like you said, it's unique that 16 teams get to end with a win on their schedule instead of uh, just the one like many years. Coach, if I could kind of pivot and ask you to talk about the, the five senior starters that got to play four years and now in this last season, all 29 games together in the starting lineup. Obviously, when you come into a program as the new coach, it's probably a challenge to get that buy-in, but um, with five young ladies like we had on this year's team, uh, who I would consider to be exceptional people. It seems like that transition ended up being pretty flawless and smooth for you by the end. What were your, you know, impressions of them? What, what experiences will you kind of treasure as you continue forward with the program? What will you miss most? Yeah. I mean, day in and day out. I mean, we had 80 practices, uh, over four months, give or take. Uh, and then certainly our, uh, 29 games and in, in, in scrimmages. So, I mean, being with them in essence for about uh, 120, uh, 110 uh, games, practices, days. Uh, I mean, there's a lot that happened from start, middle to end, but, but I was really, really fortunate and, and, and privileged and lucky to, to be a part of them. I mean, they're, what the best group of five that I've been a part of in, in 10 years of coaching. And certainly I know I didn't recruit them and I wasn't there for four years, but just the way they carry themselves from Haley Strobridge. I mean, she was our backbone and she was someone who played with more passion and intensity uh, on both sides of the ball than anyone I've been around and uh, Spence leading, leading our team at the point guard position and being our leader uh, vocally and certainly the person with the ball every single time up and down the floor floor and just being an amazing leader to the, the, the freshmen in our entire team. Uh, that's going to be really tough to replace. It's going to, it's going to take a while. Um, Kylan was certainly fantastic. I know the last couple of games, even going back to Whitman, I mean, she had nine points, 18, 23 in her last three games. She uh, did so many things for us on both sides of the ball. And she's kind of someone I always say, like when she plays well, uh, our team plays well, she's kind of like an X factor uh, for us and someone who uh, her personality certainly uh, will be impossible to to duplicate or, or emulate. Um, Hardney, uh, probably the, one of the quieter ones uh, of our seniors, but she'll be sorely missed. I mean, she led by her actions and she was uh, j- just uh, a ray of sunshine. She did so many things for us, uh, both on the offensive side of the ball and even in practice, just mentoring uh, the, the younger freshmen and younger players. And 
course, Holder. Uh, Holder was our, our rock, uh, certainly our senior captain and, and leader and someone uh, who's always uplifting and encouraging to our to our entire team. So they each brought different things, uh, which I thought was pretty unique uh, as their five. But overall, as a unit, it'll be really, really tough. Uh, I, I told them afterwards, I, I don't know if there'll ever be a senior class where the five uh, were, were such exceptional people and players in a combination of both, uh, both on and off the floor. And it, it's going to, it's going to be a while to, to, to have another senior class like that, where there's five of them that make such an influence both on and off the floor and something that I'm, I'm really grateful for because in, in most programs you come in, the five seniors are pretty stuck in their ways and certainly want to do things one way, but they really took a step back and they bought in and without them buying in, we, we wouldn't have, wouldn't have the season we, we had not even close. Yeah. And, uh, I've been privileged to watch them for two years. Cause I'm also more recent addition to the family here at George Fox, but coach, what was it like for you to get to watch some of the milestones that they hit? Um, for example, Emily Spencer finishes in the top five in assists and steals, uh, right behind or right in front of your assistant, Keisha Gordon, uh, depending on the category that we're talking about there. And then just in that last game, cracks a thousand points for her career. So she's in the all time scoring list for Fox as well. And then you've got, you got your shooters like Kylan and, and Haley that either have um, some all time season highs in three point shooting or career or both. You got Holder that is uh, in our list now for career field goal percentage. And Strobe's just everywhere as a, <laughs> a, a terror on both ends of the floor. Anything, um, Anything in particular that you're going to be telling next year's freshman class about or uh, reminding the returners about and some of the habits that they may have in the practices or something like that, Coach? Um, yeah, I mean, the personal accolades were, were, were great, and, and I know they were all certainly happy with those. But at the end of the day, they're all selfless people, and I know those, those personal accolades, they, they pretty much care care less about they they all wanted the team to win and be successful and um, certainly that's I can't really take any credit whatsoever because that was all Mike Meek and what they've done over the last few years preparing for their senior year. So um, certainly that was all on them and, and, and even a lot of credit to, to Coach Meek for A, recruiting them, but B, uh, certainly pushing them to improve and grow each year. Uh, so again, I was really fortunate and lucky to, to kind of walk into that situation. So fair enough, coach. And, um, if I could kind of in closing, if we could look forward to, uh, to next year, what, what foundation did these five exceptional young ladies, the starters help lay for, uh, for next year's program as we kind of transition from, uh, the five starters from the, the Meek era into the, the Mike Coppolino area going forward with, um, slightly more your style of roster and, uh, more of your, your personnel. What do you, what do you think next year's team might look like as we move forward? I know it is early, but, uh, if you have a best guess. Yeah, I mean the seniors, their impact certainly with with their leadership and, and passion and work ethic. Uh, hopefully, will rub off onto the freshmen and the underclassmen as they leave. They certainly left an imprint, which is going to be, as I said, uh, really tough, if not impossible, to replace. It's it's going to take a lot of hard work uh, for for all parties involved for us to get back to to where we were. Um, Next year's team, uh, certainly, I mean, will be different. We have six freshmen right now committed. 
and uh, still waiting on potentially uh, one one or two more, potentially a transfer as well. So uh, I'll just round up and say we'll hopefully get one more of them. So there'll be seven new freshmen coming in next year. And uh, with the returners that we have, uh, I mean, uh, it'll, it'll be different. I mean, there's certainly we're losing five senior starters, which are you can't really replace overnight. But uh, I do feel like w- with our returners, with the, like the work ethic and what they've seen over the last few years, based on what this senior class just left, uh, hopefully some people can step up, continue to play well and improve and get better. And certainly the incoming freshman class, I, I think, is really strong on paper. But how quickly they adapt to the college level and, and they interact with our current team. Um, not going to happen overnight, but uh, again, I think it's going to be a slow and steady process that uh, if we continue to work at it and improve each and every day and and, and, and come together as a unit, I, I think uh, the sky's the limit. We really have a ton of potential uh, in, in the future, which will just take a little bit of time and uh, certainly a lot of hard work. Well, Coach, we're excited to watch that hard work and uh, put in the time with you. We look forward to watching that next season of uh, Bruins women's basketball. Coach, congratulations on the season. We're, we are sorry, obviously, that it ended in such a unique way, but it's been a ton of fun to watch you guys interact with the players and watch the players continue to grow under the, the new leadership that you provided and really just excited for the program going forward, Coach. Glad to have you here. Thank you for taking the time. Thanks for having me, Seth. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Okay, that was our conversation with Coach Mike Coppolino. Coach Coppolino, again, thank you for taking the time out of your day to talk to us about your season. Uh, we appreciate having you around as part of the Bruin family. Seniors, thank you for your careers here at George Fox. It's been a pleasure to get to watch you play and compete. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, for listening, for supporting that way. Thank you for being part of the 21 Teams, One Family here at George Fox. Everyone, please stay safe, stay healthy, stand tall.